house. No, the right no, house. I didn't get We want to talk to Marilyn Hack. I'm from Canada Water. were her weakness. Pretend that I'm your parents. Mom, Pop, yeah, I'm pregnant. My daughter's a tramp. My daughter's a tramp! You're a disgrace! I wish that you were never born. Okay, go. Until one boy. I didn't have a boy, I had a girl. Changed everything. No, we had a boy. So he's gonna grow up and be just like me. <laughs> <laughs> From director Penny Marshall. <laughs> what happened? Comes the story of a girl. It got in my mouth. Whose dreams took an unexpected turn. What's one bad day, right? <laughs> one day can make your life. All right, everybody smile, please. Just everybody stand still. All life is four or five big days that change everything. Hello and welcome to the This Had Oscar Buzz podcast, the only podcast that is recorded from the set of a sleazy news show and the side of a mountain. Every week on This Had Oscar Buzz, we'll be talking about a different movie that once upon a time had lofty Academy Award aspirations, but for some reason or another, it all went wrong. The Oscar hopes died, and we are here to perform the autopsy. I am your host, Joe Reed. I'm here, as always, with my co-host, Chris File. Hello, Chris. Hello, everyone. This is going to be a very good episode, Chris. I can already it's tell. It's going to be a very good episode. This episode is airing the week after the Oscars. Wasn't it so uh, horrible when I that can't... horrible thing won and when the great thing won? That was so great. The entire thing happened on the evening newscast. They didn't even hand out any awards. It was weird. I know. <sighs> I, I hated it. five-minute Oscar cast ceremony. There needs to be a host. I'm just gonna say it. There mm-hmm. needs to be a host. I'm gonna. I want to bring in our guest. We guys. We have a guest this week. I'm very, very excited. I didn't. I wanted to ask you before we started recording how you would like to be introduced. So I'm just gonna give the litany of it. Uh, writer for Saturday Night Live, co-host of the fantastic Las Culturistas podcast, which we, Chris and I, one of the few first things we sort of bonded over was what the, how much we liked Las Culturistas. No it's it's, so. it's a uh, structural text in this friendship. <laughs> <laughs> so, the great Bowen Yang, Hi. welcome, writer for the Golden Globes oh, this year. My sure. God, very pertinent to what's going on here. Yeah. You got... All of the, I'm sure, inside info for everything happening at the Beverly Hilton this year. It was, I, I had just, I stayed there. That was my home for the week. It's amazing. And it felt, it, it like messed with me by the end. I was like, I, there's no separation between work and like personal Where time. you sleep. And where I slept, literally I slept across from a production office that they had set up and like they had like rigged a hotel room to like. Amazing. To like just be like, I think it was like the. Yeah, it was like a craft services for the production team, and I like I slept across from them, and they could hear me. Amazing! Blast. And so you got you yourself... were delivered to your room via dumb waiter. <laughs> I, yes, I was, and you know the and it was it felt actually it was it felt it felt the most it was the most show busy circumstance yeah that I've ever been a part of where it's just like oh god I can't believe I got a sleep like butt rub shoulders with like all these production people Ugh, whatever no it was great I, like i was i, I shouldn't be amazing and so you got to go out on, on camera a couple times yeah. to like do a little couple bits uh-huh. what is that floor plan like when you're in it it is very is it tight it's packed? so tight it's yeah. so much smaller I, I know this is sort of like the oft 
said thing about any production sure. of any kind. It's so much smaller than it looks on TV. Yeah. Um, there really are just only three tiers. Or, yeah, three, and, like, the third one is this giant expanse that, like, reaches all the way to the back into the lobby. Yeah. And that's where, like, all, like, you know, all, like, the 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 oily-faced people <laughs> who, like, work behind the scenes sit or right. in whatever form. I guess the in the industry term, I didn't know that it was called the pit necessarily. Exactly. Oh, sure. The like they the... call it the pit where it's like all the movie stars sit. Right. And then TV Not people... Glenn Close, though. Glenn Close sat Not to the Glenn. back. Glenn sat to the back. She well, wanted she was... that dramatic sort of walk-up, walk, maybe. The walk-up, totally. And it's... T- so it was... um, The floor plan is crazy. They kept telling us, like, you know, you're going to go out into the audience and do... If you're going to go out in the audience and do bits, like, just be very aware of how there's no space to move from table to table. Like, yeah. there really isn't, like, it get it's it's yeah. packed the gills. I would be so petrified I would, like, step on Meryl Streep's foot or something oh, like that. I wouldn't be able to show my face Exactly. I... It was, it was a truly overwhelming experience to be, like, to, to not... To have no direction to look... Yeah, and to not and to not see like with little syringes in your whatever like play right syringes exactly or whatever, still, yeah, yeah yeah I am um, flu shots little flu shots little Pepsi bottles yeah but it was um it was so fun <laughs> such good bits it was fun that's fantastic yeah shout out to Sandra O oh. shout out to Sandra goddess among women we love her oh my god so we wanted to sort of talk start off and talk about you and the Oscars I feel yeah. like we want to have our we want to bring in our guests a little bit in terms of like. I think I'd say it as, like, what's your Oscar story? Uh-huh. Because we all have our own right. stories to tell. Yes. Um, but like Joe and I being famously Oscar psychotics. Very famously Oscar psychotics. Canonically so. Canonically. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, What is what was your earliest experience with the Oscars? What's the first one you remember sort of being invested in? Uh, so this feels like a very basic answer. Do you know what I'm going to say? No. 98? Oh, so that's Titan- a big uh, yes. one. Titanic? Uh, 99. Yeah, 97. Well, 97. The, 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 the movies were 97. Yes, 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 the ceremony yes, yes. was 98. Yes. It's a whole um, that, I don't think yeah. that's basic at all. I feel like that, that is a like one. a common thread with so many people. Yes. Like even cross generationally. Right. Um, cross culturally. Like, like, yeah. We've absolutely. had that mentioned before. That was the first year I had seen four of the five Best Picture nominees before, wow. before the Oscars. So oh I felt God. very invested. Chris, you had a similar situation, right? Similar, yes, in that Titanic was the first one I watched, but The English Patient the year before was the one that I, like, discovered what it was, and I discovered what it was the morning after, so it was, like, it wasn't (laughs) just Titanic that made that Oscars, like, a big deal for me. It was that I spent, like, a whole year being, like, next year I have to engage with this thing. Oh, wow. So the English, so 96 was, like, the primary year into 97. Club 96. Club Club 96! Wow. <laughs> Bringing it around. I love that. Yes. All things, all roads lead back to drag race. All no, roads, yeah. 90, yeah. 97 was my first experience where, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, it's like what Chris was saying where it was like um, this very far reaching thing where it was like, I was, I, I never went to the movie theater as a kid. At this point, we were still living in Canada. Um, my parents just didn't, you know, they were, they were just figuring out the ways to assimilate into this like. Sure. Yeah. This new country that they were in. Um. But, I mean, like, the zeitgeist thing at the time was just to be like, well, we're going to go to the movie theater and and yeah. wait in line for, like, an hour and a half. Yeah. Oh, to, wow. Like, yeah. Because it was just one theater in Montreal. I think it was, like, one theater that was just, like, playing at some mall in the suburbs. Sure, sure, sure. Um, and everyone just flocked to this mall. To see Titanic. To see Titanic. Back yeah. when malls were popping. And um, 
I remember waiting in line, and that was also that. The, this is this is this is kind of weird. This is like the first time I'm like verbalizing this and like putting this memory out there. Is um, love, huh? Waiting in line, and they put up posters for all for all three Star Wars movies at the time. Oh sure, and it was the first time that I they had re-released them. I they had re-released right? them. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And I just very just sheltered like second generation technically my parents are first but um but just but immigrants whatever and i just like had no just funnel for any of this and this is just my first exposure to like what sci-fi was and i was like yeah whoa like that what are all those crazy looking oh that's amazing aliens and like all these things and job of the hud yeah vividly remember um yeah vividly remember return of the jedi and seeing just job of the hut and like carrie fisher and a bikini and like just being like, what is this? The more I think about <laughs> Star Wars, I genuinely feel like I saw them the first time out of order. I sometimes uh-huh. feel like I saw Return of the Jedi first, and maybe that's why I love it the best. Yeah. I'm like the rare nobody really I likes wanna, Return of the Jedi. The I best, love but Return I of the Jedi. It's my favorite. That whole beginning it's part where they're possible. on Tatooine. I saw them out of order too. It's yeah. weird. I think it's maybe just like an age thing where if you weren't old enough to like start seeing them in theaters, someone else was feeding it to you. Yeah, like, we were just watching yeah. them on rental videos anyway. Right. But I loved Return of the Jedi. Everything with Jabba's palace, I was so into. Me too. And then the reveal that like Leia was his sister, I loved all of that. Blew my mind. I I think I think to me. It was more mind-blowing and formative that Leia was his sister than Darth Vader was Luke's father. Me too. Me too. Mm-hmm. And I think part of that was because I think I saw Jedi first. Yeah. I really do. And then I backtracked. My 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 traumatic memory with uh, Jedi was um, again. This is Montreal, so just so I kids kids made fun of me in school because I was like, oh, I love that movie. Um, uh, uh, or whatever it was, like I, I pronounced it Jedi, like in, in the <laughs> French way, and amazing, and everyone, and like a very good humored way. They just like they were like, oh my god, Bowen thinks it's pronounced Jedi, it's Jedi. Like they were like, it's an American pronunciation, it's it's English, it's Jedi, and like that was. Listen, like, gay people, this is canon now. It's <laughs> Return of the Jedi. The Jedi. So the last was... Jedi. <laughs> oh my god, perfect. So yeah, that was um that was like my. That was yeah. That for some reason like that 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 so the that, the the moving going experience of seeing yeah. Titanic was like very formative, and then saw it was obsessed with it. Um, and were you like invested in like Titanic winning as many Oscars as yes. possible on that night? It was just it was all I cared about was Titanic. Yeah, all I cared about. And was they won everything except for Best acting actress. awards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and I actor. I remember being very yeah. upset for Kate Winslet. I was very upset that Leo wasn't in the audience. Well, he was because he was not nominated. Famously right. shut out that right. year. Yeah. It was yeah. Matt Damon and then the I four very veteran uh, right. actors. It was Peter Fonda for Yuli's Gold, which I've still never seen. Oh my god, never seen. Robert Duvall for The Apostle, which I've still never, never seen. seen. Jack Nicholson for As Good As It Gets. Yes. I was a big fan of As Good As It Gets at the time, especially. I was too young to... Sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I am famously old. Um, and, oh, Dustin Hoffman for Wag the Dog, which I had oh. also seen... Like, just before that Oscars, and loved. I remember really loving... I was sort of a precocious... I would have been 17 then. So Uh I was, like... That was my senior year of high school, and I was, like... I wrote about movies for the newspaper, by which I mean, because it was a very small Catholic yeah, school. We yeah. graduated, like, 92 people or upstate, whatever. Upstate, upstate. Uh, Buffalo. No, Buffalo, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. And so, when I say I wrote for the paper, like, I kind of was the newspaper. I yeah. sort of, like, did the whole newspaper myself, because oh I was God. like, that was me. Um, but I also, but I wrote about all those movies that year, and I remember being very much into, like, As Good As It Gets, uh-huh. Goodwill Hunting, like, uh-huh. all of those. I was like, I like all of these movies. There, I mean, that was a that was a pretty good year. It was a really good year, and it made me, I truly, because Helen Hunt won. 
yes. best actress. And yes. I had a seething rage in me as a child to be like, <laughs> how dare she take this away from Kate Winslet? Yeah. Like, oh, I remember I... that too. And I was like, again, like precocious little child would like, I was very into Mad About You. <laughs> oh my God. Well, yes. No, same. I watched Mad as About You. I was like, how, how, I was like, Helen's dead to me. Yeah. But isn't that so dumb? The funny <laughs> thing about Helen Hunt with the Emmys, not to like to get us that off track, but like <sighs> I remember in the early years of Mad About You when it was like Candace Bergen couldn't lose an Emmy for Murphy Brown. Right, she was right. like winning, winning, winning. And I remember reading like TV critics being like Helen Hunt is giving the best performance on TV and it's a shame that like she's being <laughs> shut out of Emmys. And then she wins three years in a row or whatever right. for Emmys and then wins the Oscar and so then everybody was sick of her. It's, so it's so cyclical. I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm, so, I'm so out of the loop with Helen's what happened? Like what? Like what? The inflection points in Helen Hunt's career are like. Did she? Did she just? Is was that by choice that she just decided not to like? Well, she had that year in two thousand where she was in three movies like back right, to back to right, back. Right. Where it was wait, Chris, remind me what the three were. What women want: Castaway and oh my god, Doctor T and the Women. Doctor T and the Women, oh and it's like god. she's all subservient to these other male roles. It was and, it was rough, yeah. and then I think people. I think that the the. That turned into bad buzz for her, which is weird because, like, what women want was a huge moneymaker. Yeah, and they're and Castaway was like an Oscar nominee for yeah. for Tom Hanks, so it, it felt a little bit like, oh, we're so sick of seeing her, and it's like that's a little unfair. I don't like, know. I would like to give a shout out to her insane Twitter account. Like, <gasps> she has some buried tweets in there that are full gemstones. Oh. One that's recently resurfaced and become like its own meme is the something to the effect of just filmed a devastating death scene expecting a nomination. <laughs> <laughs> she's like secretly funny, I feel like. Oh, or just she's secretly psychotic, funny. one of the two. One of the two, but they both do the same They both thing. work. They well, especially, the again, for gay men, we don't for care. Gay men, one oh, of the two. Yeah. Mental <laughs> right, health be right. damned. Um, oh, well that's, well, that's... I hope, I, I hope something yeah. happens. That was also the year, uh, one last thing about the 97 Oscars. That was one, I had that on VHS tape for a very long time. The, like, the, the ceremony. It. That yeah. was the year yeah. that I recorded yeah. the Oscars. I remember I recorded, I might have even recorded like the Barbara Walters special ahead of it, but I definitely <sighs> had the Oscars that year. Uh-huh. And that was a famously like very long ceremony, so but they don't care about that for that one because it was so high rated because Titanic was such a blockbuster movie. But that was one of the years where they gathered all the living Oscar winners for acting all on stage. Yes, yes. They put them on like tears and whatever. And that was amazing Frances McDormand did the full like calm down to the audience because they went nuts for her one year later. Yeah, it was, it was very, and then, and Cher sort of wore a kind of big headpiece in homage to her past sort of like extravagant Bob Mackie looks and whatever. And I remember just being like, that was very fascinating. So that was kind of a seminal year for me, too. Was that the only year they did that? They tried it again five years later, Uh and it didn't go over as well because there were not as many of them, and yet it made the ceremony seem to stretch on and on and on. I think they have to do that nine years from now for the 100. I think they should. I think they have to. The 100 Oscars are going to be something. Maybe by then they'll be on Netflix and they'll actually give them time to to do something. They'll be 15 minutes long. (laughs) Yes, I love it. Um, They'll be tweeted out. uh, Just a tweet video, a minute and 40 seconds. (laughs) Yes. Yes. It'll be on somebody's Insta stories. It'll Um, be like whoever's the most popular that year. They'll just like, they'll run the whole thing on their Insta stories. But it'll still be hosted by... Jimmy Kimmel, because for some reason Disney will have some imprimatur <laughs> right. on They'll it. They'll have yeah. their finger in the yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, in that pot for some reason. Yeah. So we're here this week. We're going to talk about not a movie from '97, but from 2001. We're going to talk about riding in cars with boys, and the reason why, Bowen, we have you on. 
Penny Marshall passed away at the end, towards about the middle of December. I can't remember the exact date, but I know it was the day I had taken a personal day off of work just for, like, I had a vacation day that, Great. you know, I could use. So I was like, I'm going to go see some movies. And so I was like, I'm going to see two movies. And I went and saw Spider-Verse. And then I was meeting my friend Griffin, our friend Griffin Newman from oh, yeah. uh, Blank Check, who Love you and Matt Griffin. were on that podcast. Oh, my God. And I was going to meet him to see Border, the, oh, the oh makeup nominee. I need to see it. It's really good. It's so oh, fucking that's, good. All I know is that it's... I, I, I highly it's, recommend The it. whole thing has been spoiled for me. Oh, has it? Oh, but, okay. Uh, but it's, I need to see it it's because wonderful. It, it just... It sounds so great and so crazy and so wonderful. All of that. Yeah, Absolutely. Yeah. After so, you see it, you have to look up those actors to see what they look up without you, the makeup. Yeah. It's insane. I, I hear, I hear the, one of the male leads is like... Very attractive under oh, the I'm interested. Makeup. I'm interested now to look this up. Maybe. I haven't done this yet. I may be wrong. Um, so on my way from one to the other, I'm on my phone and I see that Penny Marshall has died. Mm-hmm. And like, I love Penny Marshall. And one of the uh, sort of like my little pet peeves for a while has been, had been that like Penny Marshall had one sort of disaster of a movie, which mm-hmm. was this, which was Rising the Cards of the Boys, and she never made a movie again. Yeah, and so awesome. from the outside looking in, I know she had given interviews a little bit after the time, which she had said that she, you know, it to the uh, to the sense that she stepped away herself. Right. That, like, the reception for that movie, she just, like, it sort of disillusioned her a little bit, and right. she decided. And I don't know whether that's, like, I mean, take a woman at her word, but also it did feel like Hollywood was like, no, you, like, lady director, don't get to fail and keep going again, <sighs> which is... And I would sort of compare her to her brother, to, Car- to Gary Marshall, yeah. who also recently... I think he died like a year ago or so, mm-hmm. year and a half. Yeah. Um, who and I like I like plenty of Gary Marshall movies, oh, but yeah. that is somebody who he would make you know New Year's Eve and Valentine's and Day and be... all these sort of like, and that never seemed to like flops never seemed to bother Gary Marshall and critical like lambasting movies did not seem to bother Gary Marshall. Like, so here's the thing, he like, got to keep making movies until he died. Can you think of a female director who like is like they're they're their their mythos has like is is like that they have like made floppy movie like that they've like you can't like, really think you can't think there's no female them. right there is no female i'm trying to think of like another there's, hacky there's director. No female like whatever paul I'm ws like, anderson or yeah, something yeah, like yeah. That. yeah 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 and no you're right because like mimi leader makes pay it forward which was a movie we talked about on this podcast oh, and then she's in industry jail forever and she <sighs> has to like go make her bones back on tv to get back and then how she's done on the basis of sex and i hope this doesn't like I... kibosh whatever film career now because she's such a good director right were you a leftovers man i no, i never watched oh, she's so Oh, but no, yeah, but I just want to hear. But no, but with, with yeah, but it's so interesting that you say that. It's like when you compare her to Gary Penny to Gary. It's like, yeah, yeah, Gary's had a million different chances. One name that we've mentioned a lot that I would bring up in like this context, but like, yes, you could attribute this to her, but it's also really unfair. Is Karen Kusama, who we've talked about a lot, and we love her. Yeah, but it's like all of her movies are kind of treated unfairly, either by the studio or by critics kind of i wouldn't say that for destroyer destroyer is not great Ugh, um destroyer. <laughs> but like yeah destroyer is not my favorite either. i stopped after 20 minutes i don't think you ended up missing anything really because it just yeah, when, really after she jerked did. off the guy i was like i can't <laughs> watch this yeah I, I fully forgot there was hand job acting in that yeah. movie yeah yeah yep. and the and the whatever foleying was done in that scene was atrocious yeah or whatever it is. I'm, I'm... There's one good scene, I feel like, towards the end where she sort of, like, terrorizes Bradley Cooper. 
Or Bradley Whitford, Bradley Cooper. That'd be something. My, Bradley Whitford. Uh-huh. Um, That's the mule. That's the- <laughs> <laughs> I forgot Bradley Cooper was in the mule. I have not I seen the mule I think he also yet. wants, he wants you to he forget sure that does. he was in the mule. Bradley Cooper's award season has been a bummer, I have to say. Or have you been rooting for him? I have been, I feel yeah. like. I uh, Certainly once the competition, now that the competition is narrowed down right, to what it is. Right. Yeah, I feel a little bit bad for him. I mean, Bradley Cooper's going to be fine. He's going to be fine. And also, like, he probably didn't even expect any because it was supposed to be a summer release anyway and like it wasn't yeah position i do feel like at some point uh, during the toronto sort of like fall festival season i think it got built up to the point where i think they were definitely expecting it well sure but but i think you could also forecast it back then that like okay it's built it has so much buzz too early or i don't know but you guys you guys guys know more about no i think that's definitely a possibility because then all of a sudden i think that's true because then it becomes like okay prove it like okay prove yourself to me because then it becomes this like it it has this Titanic esque narrative yeah. built around it that like whereas it, like even Green Book which like won the People's Choice at Toronto mm-hmm. which is like the big bellwether right, for right. what's going to be an Oscar nominee but like I don't know Chris what your Toronto experience was I don't think I knew anybody who saw Green Book that felt like it buzz didn't that was happening until, away like, from me the Wednesday yeah like nobody saw it while it was there as far as press is concerned yeah. And then all of a sudden we've all come back home and we're sort of following the awards and it's like, oh, Green Book. And we knew that it was being pushed to this sort of like sentimental fave, crowd pleaser, you know. But like, I don't know anybody who saw it. So that was like, I think it held its cards for as long as it could. And then Bohemian Rhapsody, the same thing. Right. Was like it, you know, it waited and it waited. And although Bohemian Rhapsody, I feel like could have opened in February. It's just this Teflon movie it's... that like... Bohemian Rhapsody, I think, did a lot to undercut A Star is Born's momentum, frankly, Mm. because you can kind of put those two movies up against each other, and it's... Yeah. Fictional Alley versus Very Real Queen. It's it's a story of two people getting the gig by singing in a parking lot, and and then they become famous. Yeah. So, um... But back... Bringing it back to Penny Marshall, <laughs> right? A yeah. bit. So especially I had... in comparison to Gary Marshall, because like yeah. that is a great comparison point. Because how many like we love Gary Marshall and we love some Gary Marshall movies, but how many explicitly bad movies and like flops did he make? Yeah. Whereas like, what's Penny Marshall's worst movie? Like Renaissance Man, right? Which like probably nobody remembers anyway, <laughs> right? And like. Where is Penny? Mar- Where was Penny Marshall's overdue narrative ever? Because like A League of Their Own famously, stupidly got thing. no Oscar yeah, nominations. Yeah. A League of Their Own Awakening. Is, is such a solid movie, even beyond uh, the fact that like people love it and it's on TV all the time. Just like watch that movie; it's still my favorite Tom still, Hanks performance. Oh yeah, he's so wonderful in that movie. He's so great and funny. So good. I confess to Joe, I hadn't seen it until like last year. Yeah, and I was just like, oh damn, I could have like grown up with this. Yeah, and, like, I just, I just like kind of. Just yeah, went to that place of like. It's so like special though. So like, and good. It doesn't feel like lost to or like tied to yes. any particular time. So right. it's like I love that people are still rediscovering. Totally. This movie. Yeah. Totally. Did Especially you notice that Betty Spaghetti from uh, from League of the Rose? Yes. Was in... the waitress or? Is, yeah. Oh, no, the, she's the nurse. The she's maternity the nurse. nurse. Yes. The maternity yes. nurse. Yes. yes. I said waitress. Oh my god, kill me. Um, <laughs> she delivered. <laughs> she the delivered. She served the baby. She busted the baby. Yes. Exactly. Um. Yeah. That was. Y'all want some pie with your baby? Right. But so that There's day... There's also Awakenings, though, too. Oh, yeah, which, Awakenings. Like, this is famously of the time when, like, Barbara Streisand missed out on the Best doc- the best Director nomination for yeah, Prince of Tides. Oh, but, Prince like, Prince. where's that same story for Penny Marshall with Awakenings? Right. I, I found a clip the other day. I can't remember what I was looking for, but it was 
um, Liza Minnelli and Shirley MacLaine were presenting best song at the the Beauty and the Beast year, mm-hmm, the year mm-hmm. that Alan Menken won, um, and Her with Beast. the late Howard Ashman and yeah. it was a whole thing. But so they spent like nine minutes, like just chatting at the podium about whatever, <laughs> because it's like it's Liza Minnelli and Shirley MacLaine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're gonna give you the time. Oh my god! And they ultimately just sort of started chatting, and they like shouted out Barbara in the audience, <laughs> and that was the year that Barbara didn't get nominated as best director. And they made made like a whole big like thing about it, of just like the director, Miss Streisand, in the audience, and they were just sort of like just chatting like they were in a living room. It's like that's what I want out of an Oscar. I know. It's like that level of gravitas, just sort of like. Getting to not have their caring. own fun, not caring. Oh my yeah, god! Exactly. When are we? I hope we're. I hope we're due for a return to that. In yeah. Some form. Yeah. So that day, I had made my like customary sort of like indignant tweet about like Penny Marshall wasn't given the respect. I was like, like most directors would kill to have two movies as good on the resume as what did I say? A League of League Their of Own, Own and what was the other one? Oh, um, probably Big. big. Yes, Big, of course. Yeah, Big and A League of Their Own, and. And then we had seen Bowen, we had seen you tweet I something tweeted. that Writing very day. With boys. What did I say? Writing across with boys is, is canon. canon. Yes. <laughs> well, yeah. I, and then Chris just like sent me that tweet and he's just like, we got to get on the podcast. <laughs> I, I mean, my, 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 my exposure to that movie is so bizarre. And here's why. Yeah, I want to hear it. Whatever, the press around it was, the, the press that they did, like the junkets that they did yeah. were insane. And then one of them ended up on Mad TV. Oh wow! So I think Penny, what? I think Penny Marshall, Andrew Barrymore, both, or like, or like James Brooks or something. We're just like, like guests on Mad TV. Or it's like there. Alex Borstein and Will Sasso, you know, because they would do red carpet stuff. I think I, I tried looking this up, like the specific video. It's not on the internet, but I swear to God, they had some little block on Mad TV one day, yeah. one, one episode, yeah, in two thousand one. Um, and it was like Penny Marshall uh, doing writing cards. I think, and I think someone, one of the cast members, I th- it might have been Mo Collins too, who like does a Penny Marshall impression. Uh huh. Like does like a wait a minute, like you, you, that's me, like like a like one of those oh, like eye rolly things. But like it was Penny Marshall with Penny Marshall, and there was just this whole. It was bad. It was not good. Yeah. No one looked good in this. Yeah. But um, oh, I was no. like, oh, this, oh yeah. <laughs> This is this is that woman who directed Big and like I was like I'm gonna watch this movie with Drew Barrymore in it yeah and then I watched it as God a ten an eleven year old yeah went completely over my head I just knew that I liked something about it where sure I was just totally like, oh this, this lady wants to go to, to school in New York I maybe I'll I can do that too and like all this I mean it was it planted some seeds in my brain that like, I didn't realize yes. oh my God. would bear fruit in, in the future and That's like amazing. I watched it again yeah just leading up to That's this and I was wonderful. just like oh like. Sure, I get that. I get, I get the reason why its Oscar chances were totally kiboshed by the end. But like, still like an enjoyable movie that has. This... I love those kind of movies though, where it's just like I get why it wasn't a big thing, but like it yeah. means something to me. It means something to me. There's this patina on it that I think like movies. It was kind of one of the last of its kind. It had that Penny Marshall, yeah, tone around. I it. noticed that a lot watching it this time. Was just like yeah. these little sort of like touches. Yeah. I remember it being on HBO a lot. Yeah, I think that's how I watched right, it. Right. I, I remember watching not all of it a lot, but like yeah. the second half of it a ton because I would like be flipping through the channels and it would be already on. Right, right. And I'm like, well, I guess I'm just gonna watch I'll the rest watch of this. Writing cards with boys. Yeah. yeah, I think I yeah I would watch it on HBO at like like at hotel rooms with my family. Yeah. And I'd be like, this movie has Drew Barrymore. Like, remember, like, remember her mom? She was in that movie <laughs> with Lucy Liu. And, like, so. so I'll give the stats on it. Riding in Cars with Boys, directed by Penny Marshall, written by Morgan Upton Ward, but it was based on, it was based on a memoir, right, Chris? 
the yes, same it was. Name. Yeah. Uh, but I don't have it in front of me. But do you have the? Uh, it's the. Did she use her real the name as the real name? character? Yeah, Beverly D'Onofrio. Right, Beverly uh-huh. D'Onofrio. Yes, she did. Amazing. Starring Drew Barrymore, Brittany Murphy, Lorraine Bracco, Steve Zahn, James Woods. Ooh. We all have complicated feelings, Ooh. but of course. <laughs> Premiered October 19th, 2001. So before we get into discussion of the movie, Bowen, we do this thing yes. every week where we try and sum up the plot of whatever movie we're doing uh-huh, in 60 uh-huh, seconds. Uh-huh. We hardly ever make it. Uh-huh. It is all like it's a Sisyphean <laughs> task, but you know... We, we try our best. Yes, Do you yes. think you would be up to the challenge? Absolutely. All right. Okay. So I have my phone all set. Yep. Bowen Yang, 60-second plot for riding in cars with boys. Go. Okay. So as the title suggests, um, a motif in the film is her is, is her and the way she relates to these men that she happens to be in vehicles with um, throughout her life. Um, she, uh, the movie opens with her, with her dad, played by James Woods, who um, she wants to get a bra for Christmas or for her birthday or something. Her dad says, no, you should read books or so whatever. You, you're seeing her like and her just femininity being manipulated and pulled in every which way for her whole life. And then it jumps all uh, jumps to the 80s where she's a grown woman and she's with this handsome man. And you think, are they a couple? Maybe. And seconds. then you find out, oh my God, 30 seconds already. And then you find out that it's his, <laughs> it's her son and that she's like, has this Benjamin Button thing where she like ages in reverse and she looks even more youthful <laughs> in her, in her late thirties. But anyway, so then she has this kid out of wedlock at 15, drops out of high school with her best friend, Brittany Murphy. Uh, her, her character's name is Faye. They both raise, a, raise kids together. Tensing. Um, whatever. Her life is all this gritty mess in Connecticut. LOL. Um, and in, the, in Podunk, Connecticut. And then Very she well. um, wants to go to school in New York. And then t- finally she just ends up publishing this memoir and uh, has to go talk Time. to Steve Zahn, her husband. Time. Oh, my God. That was... Oh, no. There's a lot going on. First of all, there's three separate timelines you're trying to, like, yeah. juggle together. I spent too much time yeah. at the beginning. I'm so sorry. No, that's fine. Um, <laughs> I, I feel failed like... I don't think our plot ever really comes in until 30 seconds for anyone. No, everybody's very, very shocked by when 30 seconds happens, and I'm still trying to, like, delineate the the family tree or whatever. And you're right, uh, the baby was not born out of the It was a shotgun wedding. Shotgun wedding. That James Woods was famously sour at at when he gave his little toast, his little father toast. Terrible toast. toast. And Brittany Murphy steps up like the good Mm. best friend she is and gives a, if all of you think you're too good to be here... You can just not talk to me, too, because I'm pregnant, ah! too. It's so... I love Brittany Murphy. We're just going to jump to this Murphy. right away. We'll just, like, square this away. This is maybe the most I've loved Brittany Murphy <gasps> in a movie. Yes. And I love her in everything. Everything. Like, she's so lovable in this movie. She's such, like, a great, perfect best friend character. And I kept wondering if she could have played the lead in this also. Like, I, I love so Barrymore, too. But, like, I yes. think Brittany Murphy as the lead in this movie would have been a very interesting side universe. Like a sliding doors kind of Absolutely. thing. Absolutely. And um, I just thought it was really cool as, as I was watching it um, now that I was like, oh man, it's really special that she and Drew got to be in this movie together. Yeah. They got to play Best mm-hmm. Friends. They had that chemistry, I think. Totally. Um, Absolutely. But yeah, this this is like, this. yeah, I, I thought the same thought too, where I was just like, this is the most charming... Brittany Mur- one of the most charming Brittany Murphy performances next to like I like clueless and like probably drop dead gorgeous for me like yeah in that, of, of that like she yeah. was able to do things in that time period yeah in that period of whatever filmmaking where it was like oh she was allowed to just be really funny goofy show off all this amazing timing she has comedically but also have these very heartfelt earnest moments too. Yeah, yeah no it's wonderful the, there's a part in the point in the movie where they start focusing more on the marriage with Drew Barrymore and Steve Zahn. And 
Brittany Murphy's character, uh, Faye. She sort of like comes in a little less frequently, but every time you check in on her, she's doing like she's doing better yeah. than than um, mm-hmm. than Drew's character. Mm-hmm. And but you can still see in her that like you can still see why they're friends. You yeah. can still see why they were friends. Right. And then the fact that like they both end up getting busted for like drying out pot, Ugh, so which. Funny. There's so much going There's on. There's so in that much scene. going on. I have so many conflicting emotions. And what's his face from Big? Talk about you know f- the the the. Oh, what was his character's name? Uh 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 uh. Shoot, uh, it was li- lizard? lizard. Lizard, right? Yeah, yeah. Where like lizard sort of like sneaks out of the house because he can see what's about to happen yes, or whatever, and yes. I was so like sneering. That's and then terrible. Logan Lerman plays the son the at son. that age, uh. which knowing that, I don't think I would have called that if just like looking at him because it's he's right. very much like that awkward sort of like you don't Pre-adult. look like who you yeah. are. you know like that one phase yeah, of your life where you sure. look at photos and you're just like. I did not look like no. the person I ended up being none of at this, this stage. None of this transmuted into what I was or what I am, whatever. Um, right. Yeah. And then um, the kid who, the child actor who played Jason the son at the younger age. Yes. Were, um, Adam Garcia. No, oh, no, not, no not the, the kid. One. The younger than the Oh, not that one. The, like, awful teenage version no. of him. No, Wait. the like the yeah. five year old, the, the five year old where, where Steve oh, says yes, goodbye yes, to him, yes. like you're you're gonna hear a lot of bad things about me. Yeah, that scene where they yes. say goodbye, and that's a act, good scene. They were both very. The kid was great in that. I thought so too. Um, I definitely yeah. thought so too. But what was your what, did you what was your point about um? Oh, you're just saying that uh, Logan was just this like, didn't look yeah, at yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, but also I was like I was really mad. I was sort of mad the way that Beverly was at him for that. It was just like yeah. don't bust your mom. Like oh I know. She's, I I get I get why like that kid that you know a lot of conflicting feelings about sure. being abandoned and his mother and whatnot, but like, and don't bust your mom, totally. kid. Like, yeah. And also James Woods is the father, like where like his police partner was like all ready to be cool about it. And like, I didn't hear a thing, whatever. Yeah. Don't bust then, your kid. Don't also bust your kid. that feels very like privileged talking to where it's just sort of like <laughs> where you have, like you're that confident that she's not going to fall too far where you can like, Bust your daughter for you're gonna make you're you're gonna you are directly responsible for making her life harder and yeah. worse and congratulations yeah, get yeah. out well, get and down it's off also the like we're watching it through today's lens where it's like yeah you're busting her to James Woods oh. little boy you are the patriarch <laughs> <laughs> you know what sequence I liked was the part where Lorraine Bracco was I don't think she was living with Beverly but she was sort of like there every day right to sort of like be there and she was doing like she would do thing, laundry or whatever her how to have a baby. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I liked that. I liked Lorraine Bracco in this she movie. She was good. She I was thought a... she was very good. Yeah. And the scene where Brittany Murphy does her Lorraine Bracco impersonation. Oh. When she's like, Bev, try it out on me. Like, pr- oh, practice so on me. So good on the street. And oh, then she goes, great. my daughter is a tramp. My daughter's a tramp. <laughs> How could you do tramp? this to me? Oh, it's so okay, good. Okay, so the thing about Brittany Murphy, like, Bowen, it's so interesting that you brought up the Mad TV thing because I do remember this movie being promoted as kind of like a broad comedy. Yeah. Like, the big moment in the trailer was, like, her getting pee in her mouth. Yes, yes, like, yeah. That's how they sold it. And I think that really tainted the way that a lot of the critics saw this movie at the time. Mm-hmm. Because, like, I, I went back and read some of these reviews because, like, I loved this movie. I fully didn't get why it was, like, so despised right, at the time. right. And I think that's partly because they were expecting, like, a broad comedy. So it's, like, whenever those moments came up, they kind of, like, sure, thought it, that was the movie, were so but it's not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But Brittany Murphy, however, is consistently funny in this movie in a way that feels 
like appropriate, like what the movie is actually going for. It doesn't betray with any, humor. Yeah, yeah. Well, the part yeah. in the at the wedding reception where she's already, she's just said that she's pregnant, and she and Beverly are like hugging and crying, she's sobbing, and the Beverly whole time. keeps being like, "We're gonna have girls," and she like starts crying even harder, and she's like, "And they're gonna be just like us." And it's like that's a very Penny Marshall joke. I feel like, but yeah. like in a way that I truly appreciate, where yeah. it's just sort of yeah. like. I don't know. There's, it's feels a little, a little hokey, but not in a way that you don't like. Totally. Well, can I say something about this weird tonal dissonance that like people just didn't know what to do with at the time? Yeah, like yeah. I think, I think for some reason I was thinking this. And tell me if this is fully off. But like I was watching the movie and I was like, if this movie had come out in two thousand six or five or seven, like around the time that like Jason Reitman stuff came out, like it just felt like. It, it felt like tonally, like, it it would have worked better if it, like, it was packaged just, like, this indie, this, like, it, it's this weird, like, it's it's in this weird liminal space where, like, it's this mid-budget, like, dramedy thing, and it's Penny Marshall, and it's, like, there's a lot going on, but if this had come out, like, in the mid-aughts, I feel like we would, we would have, like, audiences would have had a better time, had an easier time parsing it out as, like, oh, well, it's, like, a fun little indie comedy drama kind yeah. of thing. And or like, even like another five years earlier too. Right. I think the timing of this movie is just like sucks so and like kind of killed the movie yeah. because it came out a month after 9-11, mm-hmm. A, when people still weren't like ready to go back to the yeah. movies. And it's like the immediate cultural fallout that happened, unfortunately, it's like everything got so masculine. Yeah. And yeah. Yeah. like the type of stories that we wanted. We didn't want a movie like this to soothe us mm, yet. Right. But like because this is also a movie where it's like it flat out says like parenting is shit and it's horrible. <laughs> yeah. And like your male sons are little bastards <laughs> that yeah. like eventually might forgive you, but you might have to meet them halfway and that's still kind of shitty, uh, but you love them anyway. Yeah, like, yeah. It like it was just it just culturally didn't. It just wouldn't. We were assholes, and we weren't ready to listen yeah. to it. Well, yeah. like, and it was the I typical. I watch this now, and I'm like, that's precisely what I would have wanted to watch. Me too. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's the typical sort of like difficult woman character, right? Where it's just like it's right. not easy to love Beverly all the time, and right. she doesn't make it uh, easy. I, can we talk about the her acts, or the her, the voice she sort of gives herself? I think she is she trying at some. Parts I was like, is she trying to do a penny? That's what I was okay, about to say. I was yeah. because it's this very like her lower jaw is very clenched and very yeah. like she's and you can you can almost see the mechanics of it where she's yeah. just like I'm just gonna keep my jaw. my jaw. And it reminded me. I I remember Rosie O'Donnell used to do on her show used to do Penny Marshall impressions yeah, all the time, uh-huh. and it would be a lot of that. She was like, Hey Rosie, what's up? And just like she wouldn't really move her mouth. She was like talking out of the side of her mouth or whatever. Yeah. And I was like, I wonder if that was Drew taking her cue from Penny, Penny. and just like that, that, that like Penny sounds a little bit more maybe working class. Because of course, Drew sounds like she's a just, dandelion that just got sort of blown out into the wind, right? right? Like that's sort of the way she, and she's got a little lisp and whatever. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, so I, you could see where she would just be like, no, I've got to like, I've got to be more working class. I yeah, got to be. Yeah. It's very pronounced throughout, both in the flashbacks <laughs> yes. and then also when she's. Heavily, I like that they had an actual line of text in the voiceover at the beginning in Adam uh-huh. Garcia's narration, where he's like, "The more nervous my mother got, the heavier her makeup got because her makeup is very heavy." Right, it's very heavy, and that was me conflating her that with her youth. But um, 
but I do think she looked better. <laughs> yeah. Well, she very suit. much looks like a. It's very much a type, right? It's, it's such a type, and she's like trying to like. Yeah, yeah, she's yeah. trying to like do drag as like this New York. Yes. Like, writer. Yes, absolutely. Um, but no, that's so funny. Yeah. The the I was thinking that too. I was like, oh, she's she's she's. She's doing like a Laverne impression. Yeah, it's like yeah, it's, yes, it's, yeah, yeah, something, yeah. something like that. So it was there. I want to talk about Drew's career a little bit because her career is one mm. of the most fascinating, sort of like Hollywood stories yeah. I can think of. Where like I pr- I've printed up her filmography a little bit here, and just like I have written down next to a lot of these, just how old she is at some of these <sighs> because it's truly shocking. Because like E.T. happens, she's seven years old, like worldwide fame mm-hmm. everything she's in she's a Barrymore Firestarter yeah. right she's a Barrymore she's, yeah. she comes from all of this she's yeah. a Hollywood sort of daughter and granddaughter and all that Firestarter Irreconcilable Differences I think she was nominated for like a Golden Globe for Firestarter for Irreconcilable oh, no. oh, Differences yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh, I think uh-huh. and then Firestarter would have been amazing Firestarter Fire would Starter? have been amazing I read the book she was nominated for a Globe for Irreconcilable uh-huh. Differences what was supporting the category actress. supporting supporting actress, actress. And so she's like I don't think that was like nine the, years old when they still did debut right at the Globes right. juvenile performance or something like that <laughs> right Indeed. Um, and then so then she goes away she has her like famously like drug problems or whatever mm-hmm. I think she said something about like the first time I ever like tried weed that was like 10 years old right, or something right, like that right. it was just maybe even younger I don't even know Crazy. but I, I always look at Poison Ivy as like the comeback for her because then she came back in this like liminal space where she was like she was sexy older teen. At this point, she oh, was I seventeen, like it. legit seventeen uh-huh, years uh-huh. old. Where she did Poison Ivy in ninety two. She was Amy Fisher. You know how they had like three Amy Fisher movies, like yeah, in the one yeah. year. Uh-huh. She was the star of one of them. I think it was the one that was on ABC. Okay, I remember Alyssa Milano was on what was one of them, and then uh-huh. I can't remember what. The, but like every major network, yeah, had, had an, an Amy, Amy Fisher, Fisher TV thing. movie. Yeah, it uh-huh. was wild. Uh-huh. And then so like. Bad Girls. Do you remember Bad Girls, that Western? I never saw Bad Girls. I only saw it very, like, a year ago. Because I was doing, like, something for Decider. Uh Chris, have you ever seen Bad Girls? I have not, but I, like, the poster of it is burned into my mind. It's like Forrest Drive. Her, Madeline Stowe. Andy McDowell. Wow. Yes. And um, Mary Stuart Masterson. Oh, my God. Yeah. Wild. And so it's just like, and they're, like, they're Western outlaws and whatnot. And um, she, was like, what, she was like 20 at this point. She no, was like 18, 18 boys on the side where again, she plays the sort of like, she's the sexy one of the three right, where it's right. like Whoopi is the responsible one. Uh-huh. And Mary Louise Parker has secrets right. and Drew Barrymore is the sexy one and right. she gets pregnant and there's, that's how they get in yep, trouble. Yep, yep. Mad love where it's her and Chris O'Donnell. Oh. Right? Yep. Where she's sort of like... Like back to back with Batman forever. And she's like she's bipolar or something like that. It's one of those who's just like, her mental illness makes sure, her sure, wild sure, sure. and like sexy. And, a little yeah. a precursor to like 50 First Dates. Or and something. then Batman Forever, which she's yeah. barely in, but she is... She's, 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 she's the sexy sidekick to Two-Face, right? Yes, it's her and No one Debbie is Mazar. having as much fun Debbie as her Mazar. and Debbie Mazar. So Debbie Drew Barrymore Mazar? is sugar and... Debbie Mazar is spice. And Debbie Mazar is spice. Yeah. And so they are like the two sort of like yin and yang. For Two-Face or for the Riddler. For Two Face, right? Face, it had to yeah. be right because it was like two things. It was like, am yeah, I feeling yeah, happy? Yeah. Am I feeling, you know? She was. She like had like a basically like a, a bio queen look. She had like a drag look on her. Yes. Like oh, the white for lipstick, sure. The white hair. Very frosted. Very, very fro- everything yes. was frosted. Yes. yes. I want to go back into that. I want to see Batman Forever. Is a weird movie where like I think it was one of the most marketed, like the most yeah. marketed movies ever. Because yep. I remember being in oh, high school yeah. at the time and I feel like that was the first time I ever remember feeling like, oh, I have to see this movie. I guess Jurassic Park was that way too. Oh, sure, sure, sure. But I remember being just like, 
I have to see this movie immediately, yeah. right there on opening day, or else I will be so far behind wow. in my social circle oh and my, my friends. God. Because that was like that was the thing, and it's so funny to think of because it was pitched to boys, right? But it's like, yeah, Nicole, Nicole Kidman, Kidman at her all-time campiest. Sings. So yeah, so, she's like she so. whispers every single line of dialogue she has in that movie. Oh my god, she's. So and fun. everything Chris is O'Donnell like Donald has lip gloss every second of that movie. Oh yep. and like Joel Schumacher, Dayglow, everything, everything is like a black light painting, and like Chris O'Donnell Close up on the back crotch. Chris O'Donnell is such like an attractive twink in that. So it's just like it's hot. so so incredibly the gayest movie ever. Sort of like pitched straight down the middle to straight America. That's you're so yeah. It was such even Alfred wants to fuck Chris O'Donnell. <laughs> <laughs> Although I, one of my most, the, the thing, the scene that's like seared into my brain is in Batman, uh, in the, and then what's, what's the, what's the one after? And Robin. Batman, Batman and Robin. Robin. Yeah, yeah. Just her, him making out with Poison Ivy with Uma, and then he peels off the layer on his lips. Oh, right. That was, that's like the gayest thing. <laughs> yes, Up until like... that point, that was the gayest thing I've ever Here's my big gambit to like beat the gay, bad guys. I put on, I put on a lip gloss. A little, little lip cover. Ooh. That was make my... out with a lady. <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah, just to like, yeah, you have to have that layer of prophylactic between right. him and oh the lady. Oh, my God. It's, it was... Not even make out with a lady. Make out with a dragon. A dragon well, also queen. bad. Yeah. That's that, what Uma, Uma Thurman in that movie. So funny. So funny. So that was her like sort of like sexy phase and then i feel like scream sort of is the end point of that Mm -hmm. where like she's very sort of like almost like femme fatale dressed up as and then she famously dies in the first scene to like launch that movie and then that franchise is built on the back of her 10 of that scene that actually vanity fair put up their thing about like the 25 most influential movie scenes of the like whatever last twenty five years I yeah. think, and that was one of them. The opening scene in Scream, and like could not agree more. So, it is so it changed so like the good. entire like direction of a genre. It's basically. the mental model for what you think the first scene in a, in a horror movie is. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, and so I feel like her next phase after that is the like sort of rom com phase yeah. where like and again Wedding Singer. She's twenty one years old. Oh my god, Wedding Singer, Ever After, wow. Home Fries, mm. which I remember being like a I've little never bit of a seen thing. Home Fries. Never been kissed, Never been which kissed. is like a big deal, yeah. um, and that's all like ages twenty one to twenty four. Yeah. And then by the time she gets into like Charlie's Angels is two thousand, which I think is a big thing for her. Yeah. She was she was producer that right? Yeah, producer. Yeah, of that. she had her production company Flower Films, which I don't think um, I don't think that Charlie's Angels was the first, but like that was like the mega hit, and yeah. she was super instrumental in even making that movie happen. Yeah, right. And it was that movie and then Donnie Darko the year after, yeah. which she also produced and sort of like, and it was the range of those two projects. I remember being like pretty big where one is this Crazy big range. sort of like female focused blockbuster, which the first Actually, Charlie's Angels it. is really it's good. so good. The second one has its like uh, uh, backers too. I never the, really latched onto it in the, the same way. The second one tries basically beat for beat to like Mad Libs, the first one. And yeah, like, but more, it's like. But it's more. Everything it's more, is yeah. And it's even it leans a little too heavily into. Could you even call it camp? I don't know. That's probably not. I like think the right... so. I think a lot of like I what Demi, Demi Moore, Moore is doing. Yeah, yeah. I think just you're right. The Chris. crying that Demi does in that movie is so funny. And her like giant. Yes. I just remember her giant handgun. Gun, remember, yes. and like also like Justin Thoreau is introduced in this like right. those like blazing hot sort of like light industrial around him. Yeah, and he's so jacked. So he's lean. so ripped. Yeah, and I remember because then all the only thing I had known him from was basically Mulholland Drive, and I think right. he had been on Six Feet Under very briefly. But yeah, that was like, and then all of a sudden he's like ripped. It's it's, it's crazy, and then he like disappears for a little bit, and then comes back. Yeah. Like, yeah. So like so, and then again, just to like 
stress, she's 25 years old when Crazy. Charlie's Angels is happening. So she's like producing this thing. Uh-huh. She's using her Hollywood clout. Again, like does Donnie Darko was such a different thing than Charlie's Angels. And this, is but that... da- this is when she was dating Tom Green and it was just like her personal yeah. life is so bizarre and yeah. so kooky and, and fun. And, like... and then so then riding in cars with boys feels like almost like a late career reflection, except she's 26 <laughs> she's years 26. old. It's insane. But she's been doing it for like 17, 18 years. I, I do I do love Drew Barrymore. I mean, down to like, she kept doing like rom-coms and stuff. Like Whip It is such an underrated movie that she directed. Yeah. I think you would love I it. I would probably love it. I think you would love it's it. Got it's e, great. It's got Ellen Page. It's yes. got, um, oh, what's her face? Juliette Lewis? Yeah. Oh my God. Marsha Gay Harden? Marsha Gay Harden! Marsha Gay! Oh, oh my so God. Good. Also, a uh, essential... Ellen Page lesbian tech. Yes, like, I mean, like for it, sure. Just, I mean, it just, it was uh, prescient. Yeah. yeah. Oh, absolutely. And Kristen so, Wiig, I fucks the shit out of Ellen Page in that movie, and just like Ed, the entire room. Like Christian Wig has, yeah, Kristen yes. Wig has very sexual energy in that movie. Oh yeah. Ugh. What was her name? Who was Therefore. the stunt, the stunt woman who's in that movie from the Tarantino movies? Zoe Bell. Yes. Oh. Big energy on her too. Fantastic. <laughs> and then. Have you ever seen Going the Distance? The I... rom-com she did with Justin Long? Oh, yeah, I did see it. I really like it. It was movie. sweet. It I was think nice. it's very cute. Yeah. I think it's very underrated romantic comedy. I truly, I remember really enjoying it. I could not tell you one thing from the movie. Right. Except for the opening scene where he breaks up with Emma Stone and she breaks up with her boyfriend, right? Is it Emma Stone who's his, his I think, girlfriend? I think his, I think his girlfriend That's in the movie wild. was Emma Stone. I haven't seen this movie in a yeah, while. Yeah. That but shows. Like, I, remember it was, I remember it was a really solid rom-com. Yeah. I might be getting my facts wrong. You also see his butt in it, and I've always thought yes. Justin Long is cute, so, so I was cute. very much in Such favor of that. So, yeah, I think I think her career is fascinating, and this is a fascinating sort of point in her career. Totally. Where it's the kind of movie that another actress would do at, like, late 30s. Yeah, almost. yeah, yeah. And she wouldn't have to, like... Because it's, it's wild that she plays... I don't know how old Beverly's supposed to be in 35. the 80s scenes. Okay. Yeah. So, like, she's playing a good 10 years older than she is. And Adam is. Garcia is supposed to be 20. Yes. Yeah. Adam Garcia, who is Australian? He's not American. I know that, right? Yeah. He's, like, tamping down an accent in those scenes, so which you can handsome. sort of tell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was yeah, in, yeah. Uh, famously, in, um, Coyote Ugly. Coyote Ugly, yeah. Which is mm-hmm. the only other movie I remember him in. There you go. Um, that is a that is a fun movie to catch on cable. Uh-huh. I will say. Oh, because of what they take out, or no? Of, oh. I think just like I think it's just a fun movie to oh, just great. sort of like you know pick it up in the middle of it. Yeah, That's yeah, a yeah, well cast little it movie. That's great. Um, I don't know, Chris. What are your Drew Barrymore feelings? Did you, have you did you sort of grow up a fan? Oh, I definitely grew, especially like this, uh, like that reascension for Drew Barrymore starting particularly with Scream is like so tied to like formative years for me, just like yeah. as a movie lover. Um, and like Scream came along right when I was like having the bravery to watch scary movies. Right. Um, so like that performance in particular, I love. Mm. What's interesting to me is like we talk about this whole reascension of Drew Barrymore and it was such a huge story and like you can just imagine that if this movie had gotten a better critical response, I mean, we're talking about a very like hard to crack best actress year, but like you could have imagined her like getting a golden globe nomination yeah. for this movie mm-hmm. or something. Oh, you, because like it's tied to the narrative of like the one that was a huge hit was just a year before of Charlie's angels. Yeah. And it's like, we reward men for this all the time. Other women sometimes are for, rewarded for, for this type yeah, of thing. Yeah. And it's like, it, 
True's never really gotten that shot. And, like, the time that she has kind of gotten that shot for, like, the good reviews and, like, some awards consideration was when she went to HBO for Great Gardens. Right. right, right. And she sort of ran into the brick wall of her co-star, where it's just like, of course we're going to give Jessica Lange the award because it's Jessica Lange. Because, like, that was the first, like, thing bringing Jessica Lange back to, like, winning Emmys all the time. Right. So remind us who the Oscar nominees were as I look up who the Golden Globe nominees were. I have it right in front of me. This is the year that Holly Berry won. Yes. Fantastic. We love Holly. But the other nominees were Nicole Kidman, who was also probably right on the outside for the others as well. Mm -hmm. Sissy Spacek in the bedroom, Renee Zellweger, Bridget Jones' Diary, Mm -hmm. fabulous, and Judi Dench for Iris. Iris, which I still haven't seen. I know this is like the I haven't seen podcast now, where it's just like... (laughs) I feel like I've I've really poisoned the well there with, with all of my blind spots. <laughs> Truly, though, and you have poisoned this well. But the Golden Globe nomination, so do you think they would have submitted Riding in Cars with Boys as a drama or a comedy? I think comedy, right? I mean, I think the way that it was promoted, I think they would have gone for a comedy yeah. yeah. So that year, it's Kidman wins for Moulin Rouge, right. which is a great win. She Thor Birch won. for Ghost World. Oh, my God. I know. What Thor Birch for Ghost World. Cape Blanchett and Bandits, Bandit. which is an odd nomination, but like... I'm always posting that scene of her chopping vegetables yeah, to uh, yeah, holding yeah. out for a hero. Right, That's right, a right, fun right. little scene. Very fun. Reese Witherspoon and Legally Blonde, which is like the quintessential Golden Globe nomination. Yes, yes, yes. And then Renee for Bridget Jones' Diary. That's, that's a tough category. That's a tough category. I feel like at this stage, we could probably maybe let Kate Blanchett sit it out for a year, though. Or Thora. Or Thora. Right. Although that's a fun little... I mean, like, Ghost World... Ghost World is interesting because I feel like Steve Buscemi was, like, on the cusp for getting a nomination yeah. that year all that season, and then he kind of got left out at the last minute. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and Thora? I feel no. bad. We talked about Thora a little bit. We had a, did an episode on uh, Anywhere But Here, uh-huh. and she shows up for, like, two scenes and is not credited. Oh, what? Yes. That's yep. awful. But, like, it's in a way that, wild. like, feels... Like, there's a story. But You know, you sure. feel like there's a story behind it or something. Her agent screamed, called someone... A, a terrible word or yeah something. or like well like and chris <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. you mentioned that she had like a reputation for being difficult right oh yeah i mean like alexander payne has kind of spread that around well, then that's very it's fucking veiled. alexander payne yeah oh, god right <laughs> but then so, so again we, it's that thing where it's just sort of like oh why did an actress go away and then you sort yeah, of have yeah, to like yeah. now these days just sort of like fall awkwardly silent yeah and, you're like oh did David O. Russell, like, Ugh. blackmail her, you know, whatever. Yeah. Awful. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, I feel like this would have been a tough lineup for Drew to crack. And yet, like, I do feel like on some level, I'm still kind of waiting. She's never been nominated for an Oscar. Mm-hmm. She's got the kind of career that would be catnip for any kind of awards publicist to do. Like, Oscar loves a narrative. Yeah. And what yeah, a great yeah, yeah. narrative for, like, her to finally make do. She's certainly got, you know... I don't even think a comeback is the right word. It's not like she's gone away at this point. But, like, there's another... She's got another ascension she, left in her. I think she's got probably, God willing, at least one. Yeah, absolutely. I was, I was, I was going to say two, but that felt too... It's too optimistic. Liberal, too optimistic. Um, I mean, speaking of, like, we're talking about the movies that we haven't seen before. Like, the last film on her credit, even though she's had Santa Clarita Diet, right. yeah. is a movie that I she's have not funny seen. She's funny Many people yell at me to see is Miss You Already with Tony Cole. Okay. Oh, have you seen that? The friend it's movie. really, really sweet and good. Okay. And it's one of those movies that, again, it's not like the ambitions aren't that high. It is mostly, it's a, it's like... It's the evolutionary beaches, right? Uh-huh. It's like a pair of best friends, <laughs> yeah. and one of them, you know from pretty early on that like one of them's going to end up right, dying because right, she's got a terminal right. illness. Yeah. But like, 
and you so you know that like you're gonna laugh and you're gonna cry oh, and sort God. of that's all you want out of the movie and yeah. it really delivers, it delivers but it's like it. it's you love Drew Barrymore you love Tony Collette they get to be really like good best friends great um what's that movie that Tony Collette and Cameron Diaz are in um she's in her shoes in her shoes one of my very favorites we will fully be doing it in her shoes oh you guys absolutely should and I also feel so that just I don't know in my dumb brain I just want Lucy Liu and Tony to do a movie together now just to to oh just to finish the triptych wow it's never never gonna happen no put that out into the universe (laughs) right now you are at your most uh uh Significant in the entertainment oh industry my God. right now. Right now, and I have you have to cloud and power. Happen. Oh my God! You have the ear of That's... some very big wings. Let's make this happen. Can I, do, can I just just brag really quickly? Yeah. Lucy was waiting backstage at the Globes, and we had just done our flu shot bit, and I passed her backstage. But then, like, we both make sustained eye contact with each other, Ooh, and it looked like she was about to say something, and I was like. I, I can't be the one to approach this. I loved your Miranda Priestly uh, lip sync video oh, is what she was you. about to say. No, oh that my god. Lucy. My god, that was Lucy. <laughs> um, I, I feel like that is that is going to be a locus that I'm going to go back to hopefully someday in my someday someday where I'll be like well Lucy and I first met backstage ah, <laughs> like you telling that story on a talk show <laughs> or something, something like that, like that where I'll be Amazing. like I, had, I, was in a, I was in a doctor's I was in a nurse's outfit and or like the two of you are like at a couch backstage in an award show just like well you know I first met I mean, Lucy we, we first made eye contact at Golden, the Golden Globes, Globes X number of years 71st ago 71st Golden Globes yes um, oh my god that was a so moment dumb. But, uh, but then I'll maybe this is this is this is my this is my chance to write a movie of with her and Tony Collette in mind. I think Absolutely. that is the ball. I want you to take and run with it, Bowen. I want I, now that we put this out into the universe, oh. we're gonna let that seed sprout Thank for you. sure. We'll see. I this movie is a very odd little duck. I have to say, yeah. it is. It's, it's a movie that sometimes will fight you a little bit mm-hmm. in terms of how much it's gonna let you. Like it, I find myself so frustrated by the Steve Zahn character because I think he's giving a very good performance, but it's one of those characters who just like you just know he's just gonna keep fucking up. Yeah. Oh yeah. And you just know he's gonna keep fucking up, and it's like, and by the time you run into him at the end, it's with it's like bleak. Rosie Perez. Rosie. I do love Rosie Perez. She's she's good in this. That she's got that. She, one, she's a fun little moment. The classic sort of like great one scene yeah. where she's just like, I am going to sort of rip into this a little bit yeah. for all that it's worth. And choo choo choo. Every. Se- Every movie is better with Rosie Perez showing yes. up. Fully, fully true. Give her a scene in every movie. And every TV show. Yeah. Search Party, she was great in. Um, oh, yes, she, she was, was great really in Search Party. That's um, totally true, as I bite my tongue. Yeah, um, I was going to say, yeah, Steve Zahn is, he's great. He gives a good performance. The yeah. character is sort of kind of, yeah. you don't know where it's going, but you kind of see where it's going to, where yeah. the arc is going to, where it's, there's maybe no arc, it's just kind of flat, but yeah. it's like, I don't know. It's um. I feel like I kept thinking like, oh, he is just he would be played by Sebastian Stan if this movie were made today. Like, there's this type. <gasps> yeah. Of yeah. Where it's like, but Sebastian Stan would be cast right for this role. See, I think oh, Steve yeah. Zahn was a little like going for a different temperature than what mm. this movie is, or like his natural skill set like kind of makes his scenes fall a little flat. Except I do actually like him at the end of the movie. Yeah. But like a lot of my problems revolved around him as well. Sure, sure. But I feel like I was reading, I was reading like one old review where the person, the per, the critic just didn't love, didn't love Drew. Had some whatever things to say about Penny, but for some reason had this huge hard on for Steve. And I was like, okay, I mean, that's an interesting take. What a weird movie, thing to be that's, like. That's yeah. the thing you're gonna take away. Yeah, from it's like this movie. actually uh, Ray's arc is Ray's story is more compelling than Bev's. I was like, get out. Yeah. Anyway. 
No. Like you're oh like we There are you know. that movie exists. You can go and watch that movie. There's not a whole lot of movies that are telling like this story about parenting and Right. Like, well, it's never the put upon husband. It's always the put upon wife. And so it's like and he's not even put upon. It's always it's she's right. still put upon. Right. Like she yeah. has to deal with like he's, he's just he's addicted to yeah. heroin. Like it's crazy. Yeah. The movie sort of like gives sets her up a little bit cuz you see her through uh, Jason's eyes growing yeah. up. So you see her and she's like, she's angry and she's, you know, always wants to get out and mm-hmm, that kind mm-hmm, of thing. Mm-hmm. And so it's a little less sympathetic to her. I don't know. I feel that scene where like Peter Facinelli shows up and he's oh, yeah. like, you could go to California. Uh-huh. You could get state tuition. You could like, you know, try and make it happen. And I'm just like, I don't know if we're supposed to feel like she's selfish for considering right. this, but like, I don't know how she could be. Like, no. that's. I don't know. Right. I love Just because it's like Peter beautiful Facinelli Peter Facinelli in this movie. Beautiful. beautiful. We got to talk about Peter Facinelli because, first of all, it threw me back to Can't Hardly Wait. Uh-huh. I will totally accept that. I love that, that movie. Um, but, like, Peter Facinelli's character, who is introduced Deep as, memory. like, full-blown nerd, like, even with, like, probably some type of nasal problem and braces. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And then Hello. shows up later, a few years later, with, like, your typical, like, 70s vest and, like, floral paisley, paisley shirt yeah, it's like paisley. it's just like yeah he he smoked weed that one time and now he's <laughs> right um, right this movie has an odd relationship to weed because weed is both like the sort of classic sort of like intellectual hippie uh, signifier but yeah. it's also like it's you know that's what they're drying out when they when they bottom out and they have to you know go to jail and whatnot Ugh. weed is I... the devil and <laughs> that's, it's, it's, it's ultimately like this biblical just narrative um no yeah, he... it's the gateway drug to your children hating oh my god <laughs> if i can say like i do think that there is a lot of authenticity to this movie especially in how it like details like lower income white households yeah, sure like, yeah. yes what like those specific like ingrained pressures are of like social expectations right. and like for all of the, like, glossier things that, like, are familiar with a lot of similar movies to this, like, I feel like it kind of just dabbles in it. I never feel like it was laid on very thick. Yeah. So, like, yeah, I that's authentically true. kind of... There's that moment where uh, Beverly comes home and tells her parents that she's pregnant, and James Woods, as her father, sort of says, like, I, I, I wanted more from you, I expected more from you, and he starts crying. And that sort of look of panic on... Lorraine Bracco and Drew Barrymore's yeah. face, where they're just like, he's crying. She's like, like, we gotta say something. We gotta yeah. stop this. Felt very true yeah. to life. Yes. It felt very much like it suddenly because like that's not supposed to happen. Totally. Like of all these other of all these terrible things that are happening, this is the worst she, thing that is happening. His dad is crying. crying. That's so. That's, yeah. That is good. And she's just like, do say something. Like do something to yeah. stop it. I don't know. The movie. I, the movie is like this fun little patchwork of like slice of life things that like all carry like. A relatively equal amount of weight, and maybe that's like the thing that sort of flattens the whole narrative by the end. But like, yeah, still, it's still, I still like enjoyed my viewing experiences. Yeah, all all, all throughout. My and life. I think it's pretty well cast. I mean, you get Maggie Gyllenhaal for a scene, what? one scene. Um, did you notice that uh, the one part where where older Jason, adult Jason, is in the little store, like calling Amelia uh-huh, on the uh-huh. phone, and those girls are on the outside of the window, yes. sort of like flirting, aggressing with him uh-huh, or whatever, uh-huh. that one of them is Paz de la Huerta. What? Yes. Oh my God. The one who's like very aggressively flirty with him. Wow. Which I didn't know, but I recognized her as so I was like, why do I know her? And I was like, oh, she was the girl in the Cider House Rules. Oh my God. So then God. I looked up the Cider House Rules 
And lo and, and behold, it's pastel Huerta. It's pastel, pastel Huerta. The girl, yeah. the the actress who plays young Bev in that first scene in the car. Oh yeah, is, is oh, somebody is somebody and oh god, I think Mira something. She's, Shut it up, she's I'll been look in it stuff. Up. Yeah, but young. Bev. I'm looking at it. Sorry, Mika Borum. Mika Borum, yeah. And then what has she been in? She's like, I've seen, she's in stuff. She's one of those things. Oh god, I'm, this is a terrible thing where I'm just like, no, we'll just we'll we'll cut like, out the uh, She, I but... kind of know this actress, and I don't. She's been in stuff, but I don't know what. Like um, Mika, she was familiar as a child actress. Her uh, known for includes Blue Crush. So like maybe oh uh, maybe where that's I know her yeah from. yeah yeah. Oh my god, I think. I think she was. Oh God, maybe maybe this is just. It's for that me. one episode of the Ghost Whisperer. And that's, that she's it's that in. one that's episode of the is. Ghost Whisperer. Oh no, she, no, she was in House. <laughs> oh okay. She was in House for an episode. Okay. <laughs> um, oh, I wonder. It was probably Lupus. She probably had she probably Lupus. Had lupus. Anyway. Also, um, she was in Dirty Dancing, Havana Nights, and Who Doesn't Love That? Uh, we love the sequel. Oh, she was in a lot of Dawson's Creek, though. Okay, okay see, th- uh, that's gotta be. Oh, it. you know who she was? I bet you. I bet you she was the girl that Joey starts like mentoring she's the daughter of remember how like when they went to college yeah, yeah, yeah. and her college professor is what's his face from one life to live and um she like he's very like hard on her uh-huh. and she starts like babysitting his daughter essentially okay. i think maybe that's who it is oh got it got it got it readers listeners readers readers listeners <laughs> famously a visual medium yes, as is your yes, podcast yes. Um, we we record this and then it, <laughs> print it down right. and then we the send it out as text. This podcast is so much better. And, and there's a hologram version coming. <laughs> that's true. Uh, <laughs> listeners tweet at us if if I am wrong or if I am very right, but I think that's who it is. Anyway. Um, but anyway, um, yeah, it's a well-cast movie. Um, and it's, it's Yeah, yeah I, was, I think I Penny Marshall's saying. movies tend to be pretty well-cast. Yeah. I think she attracts, because again, she's, you know, used to be married to Rob Reiner. I think mm-hmm. there's sort of like that that set of Hollywood directors who just seem to be very good with actors and sort of yes. like reach out obviously gary marshall's casts are insanely long and expensive yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah but like a league of their own you look at that cast and it's like even beyond you know your main characters where it's just like david strathairn is so good in that movie oh, yeah and like um oh what's her face god speaking of mad about you the one woman who played like who played the sister in mad about you oh, oh. um and ramsey and and cusack who uh-huh, was like uh-huh. the third cusack right, sibling right, was right. shirley who couldn't read right I don't know. I just, like, I wanted an episode where we could sort of, like, commemorate Penny Marshall. I feel like she's always been so underrated and so undervalued. I feel like, I mean, like, Big was... The, the she was the first woman to direct a hundred million dollar movie with Big, which yeah. is like that was her big calling card, mm-hmm. and like that is a movie where you could easily see if like the best picture list was like up to nine movies back then. Like Tom Hanks got a best actor nomination, mm-hmm. like that was yeah. a very big deal. It was a yeah. very successful movie. Yeah. A League of Their Own was a movie that like maybe wouldn't have even made the Oscar list because like it, there's genre biases against it because it's so comedic and such yeah. like a you know it's a ladies movie and, and whatever an but cast and it's there's so many yeah. like things that are people are biased against that movie for but right. it is i mean there are Ugh. not too many movies from that year that i would rather watch on a, a given afternoon than a league of the Rome. goddamn perfect so movie good. it truly is um but yeah penny I'm, and then one i feel like one of the last penny marshall involvements whatever it's not the right word but um because was was Bewitched with Nicole Kidman and Will Ferrell was that was her that was Penny and Nora Efron. Nora directed, directed that, that, right? And then Penny produced it, I think. Like what a crazy intersection of two like legends. It's and... really too bad that that movie didn't turn out to be better, better because like the talent, you're right, the talent on that was was was, was truly was something. And Kristen Chenoweth yeah. one of her first movie roles. Oh. Yeah. That's a big one. Mm-hmm. She, plays, she plays the neighbor. 
I wonder if she's not in more movies because like of her literal size where yeah. like it's just sort of like like that she almost seems like that TV is sort of like the right kind of medium for her. I don't know. I just feel like she's so good on trial and error or whatever. Right. And I feel like this is, there's just this sometimes where it's just like you're just not a movie actress. That like uh, somebody decides. God. And but she's her her personality she's is so, so big. She's so I I just you you just enjoy seeing her. Yeah. And um and I I I, I enjoyed Bewitched as I I just I didn't like. I enjoyed Bewitched for what it was in the end, and yeah. I was just, that was, like, my gateway into Nora, and uh, oh, not what Penny if... necessarily, but, like, yeah. it was another thing to be like, oh, a Penny Marshall-related thing. And Growing like, up and yeah, finding yeah, yeah. out more and more the kinds of things that Nora Ephron did yeah. in her life yeah. was very interesting, because I remember my first exposure to her, like, Sleepless in Seattle was a big movie yeah. the year I was 13, so mm-hmm. I was, like, I was just sort of, like, getting clued into... Yeah. Hollywood stuff. So right. I remember being like, oh, so she's the romantic comedy lady. I knew it, that was her. I knew that when Harry met Sally, mm-hmm. she had written that. Yeah. And so it was like, that was sort of the only thing I really knew about her for a while. And then all of a sudden, you know, you learn a little bit more. All the, like, the writing she did, right, the books right, she wrote, right. Heartburn, and I'm the ju- other I movies she directed. I feel bad about my neck, and I'm like, oh. I have it going? on my shelf, and like, with all the other books I intend to read. It's, it's, it's so quick, it's so short, it's so great. It's I know. It's so easy to read. I should take that on the plane with me when I go on vacation next It's great. Month. You, I think you'll just blaze through it. Absolutely. I'm like almost done. Famously, as I am like of the gutter, like <laughs> I was introduced to Nora Ephron through my favorite Christmas movie, Mixed Nuts. It's oh, trash and wonderful. <sighs> I love that. Um, yeah, I didn't watch When Harry Met Sally until college, or Sleepless in Seattle until college. Until I moved to New York, I was like, oh, there's Katz's Jellies. What? Oh, oh, When Harry Met Sally's <laughs> great, I just moved to New York. It's movie, a great, it's the oh, perfect, yeah. I just moved to New York, maybe. Oh. The perfect one. My sister, as I was saying before we started recording, she got married on New Year's Eve, mm-hmm. and she had sort of like a, they sort of put together their ceremony themselves, uh-huh. and her oh, her husband's father did, you know, did the ceremony, yeah. he had ordained, and he oh, did the ceremony, great. and oh, my, my cousin gave a reading that was essentially, it was this thing that Billy Crystal says to Meg Ryan uh-huh. at uh, at the end of When Harry Met Sally because it's on New Year's and so right. there was a New Year's oh. angle to it. Oh my god. And I was just like that was it was very it was a very like sweet little moment oh, where it was the okay. thing about like you're the last person I want to talk to before I go to bed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know you want your future to start as soon as possible. Oh my god. And, like, it's so yeah. I gotta watch that again. Nora Ephron. Nora. Man. Nora and Penny. Let's let's I, 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 I sometimes think about like who are the current sort of like who are the female talent now that we should like value while they're here you know what I mean oh, because man. it's like I think we're getting better at that I think we're getting better at sort of yeah. as a culture mm-hmm. of like remembering to value these voices and yeah. these you know these talents as a culture yes but like I mean we're uh, like but not as like why isn't Oscar nominating like Rose Byrne for Spy yeah why, right why are we point. not giving accolades to Maya Rudolph right like that's a good point yeah that's a very good point not to be the bummer no, but, no, but, no but you're yes right, I think we as a culture are like much more vocal about like especially women in comedy that we adore uh-huh. and that like bring us so much joy but like yeah well the thing is I think our institutions have some catching up to do totally there's I. I talk about this with Matt all the time. Um, I f- we truly feel like there's, like the the mid to low budget comedy, yeah. doesn't exist anymore. No, it's too bad. Um, Especially broad comedy yeah. because, like you just mentioned, Kristen Chenoweth. If we had broad comedies, she fully oh, would be a yeah. movie star. Yeah, 
one hundred percent. And so, but yeah. like those mid to low budget like comedies, those mm-hmm. mid budget comedies, that's what I watched growing up. Me too. I, I was absolutely listening to oh, blank checked an episode on Batman Returns that I was just listening uh-huh. to, and so they were doing because Griffin will guess the box office yes, for yes, that week yeah. or whatever. And on the box office top ten that week were both Sister Act. And House Sitter. Wow. Could you and, imagine that today? And I remember I had a VHS tape that I had recorded off of like HBO or Showtime or whatever. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Sister Act and House Sitter. Those right, were the two right, movies right. on that tape. I wore that tape out. Great. I watched those That's two movies tape. so so like those two movies are very much like twinned in my mind. But like you don't get movie you don't no. get a sister act these days. You don't get a you certainly don't get a house sitter. Right. It is about like two sort of like early 40s like I don't even know I'm so bad with like guessing what people's ages of like adults <laughs> in adults in movies when I was a kid yeah 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 it's I'm just impossible. like they're just grown up like no, whatever yeah, whatever um, they're more those are both the movies I want Tiffany Haddish to be doing right now oh my god oh, Tiffany right. Haddish in a House Sitter remake would be amazing oh my god oh well actually wait, House... House Sitter would be great no I was just gonna say but um, she's not in this but uh, it made me think of The What Men Want that's coming out with yeah. Taraji and I'm Aaron excited Kavadu. for that and isn't it romantic which is like referencing that kind of movie but it's like there's no pure like original IP coming out because also Issa Rae is in this movie that feels like big with her and Camille and Johnny it's essentially reverse big oh reverse big yes 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 oh my god right right with uh and that's wait is that no it's uh it's Regina Hall it's Regina Hall Issa Rae okay so we're I think okay thankfully I feel like it feels like we're going back to that and and I would love that if that becomes like that's true that's a good trio of movies to like see like Very cross your fingers and like guys. and try and support. This is the other thing because this is the thing I said about widows. It's just sort of like, God, we've, I feel like I've spent the last no, six months about talking widows. about widows, and it's so good. But it's just like, we maybe should have been like, everybody get your asses out to the theater, like rallying people that week. Just like it's important that we yeah. see this yeah, thing yeah, opening yeah. weekend. Totally. I remember because every once in a while we'll pick a movie and we'll just be like, it's important that we all go see this totally, movie totally. for. For the economics of it, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Yes. and maybe those three movies this spring, I was just sort of like, let's support. You yeah. know, we, you know, we of course like hope they're good and right, hope they're like right. worthy of that support. But like, go see the movies that you want to see more of. Yeah, essentially. yeah. That's like, great. little truly pocketbook. does look like it's going to be incredible. What's that? Little fully does look like it's going to be right. Incredible. Oh, yeah, that yeah, trailer yeah. made me laugh so much, and yeah. that the talent involved, it's so good. Yeah. All right. Do we have anything left to say about riding in cars with boys before we do the IMDb game? I would like to say that I think Brittany Murphy, bringing it back to Brittany Murphy, yes, yes. is better than most of the supporting actress nominees at this okay. point. Okay, oh. why don't you read those off to me? Because I okay, winner Jennifer this. Connelly, A Beautiful oh, Mind, yeah. famously my nemesis on the IMDb game, two nominees for Gosford Park, Helen Mirren and Maggie <laughs> right, Smith. Right. Kate Winslet and Iris, fully the Kate Winslet nomination that everybody forgets, right. and Marissa Tomei in, in the Bedroom. I oh, love Marissa Tomei. Be Marissa in that movie. Tomei. I love her in that movie. I think she's great. I've never seen it. I but, think like, she's I, as good as Maggie Smith is. At least I love Maggie yeah. Smith in Gosford Park. I will say, and I say this a lot. I think A Beautiful Mind is a legitimately terrible it's movie. It's trash. It's a terrible movie. And it's like, I I honestly think it's the worst Best Picture win. I know people yes. have their like pet like worsts. Like Crash, Crash is certainly really yeah. bad. Um, Beautiful Mind, no. Beautiful Mind's up there. It's. I remember, I, I watched it at the time, and I remember being like, it's not as good as Lord of the Rings, you know? Yeah, yeah. And then I watched it again as, like, older and, like, more experienced, and I was like, this no, this sucks. is bad. Yeah. This is a bad movie. Yeah. I, like, Ron Howard's made so many better I movies than that. The theater. Yeah. What's that, Chris? And I... I, I haven't seen it since the one time I saw it in the oh. theater, and I would bank on it not be. I almost good. want to tell Though you to I watch it remember... just, to like, just to have a definitive yeah. opinion on how bad it is. It's really, really Maybe bad. Maybe I will. Um, 
I will say I remember at the time Jennifer Connelly being the best thing about it, and I would probably I believe sure, that. It's, it's, she's like talk about put upon wife. Like that is like the role that I yeah, think yeah, about yeah, in that yeah. architect in that trope. And I'm mm-hmm. just like, ugh, it just it's boring. Not even Jennifer Connelly can make it pop. And know? then she was one of those actresses who like she's in that movie. She wins the Academy Award because she had been so exciting going up. Yeah. She was in Requiem for a Dream. Right, right. She was in Dark City. Mm-hmm. She was in all these sort of like very interesting roles. And then she gets this, and it's like she then like. Her career totally fizzles out. She does out. the Hulk, and then it's like she's gone. She does yeah. the Hulk. Uh-huh. She was in. Yeah. She was like the the one that nobody talks about in Little Children, where yeah. it's just like Kate Winslet gets the uh-huh. Oscar nomination. Uh-huh. Everybody talked about Patrick Wilson. Yeah, and then like nobody remembers that Jennifer Connelly's in that movie. Also, she was in. They made a movie out of um, American Pastoral a few years ago, which oh. nobody saw. Oof. It's so bad. You and McGregor directed it. Oh and it's, no! It was like was it his directorial debut, Chris? Correct me if I'm wrong. Yes, I do believe so. Ooh. Oh, it's so bad. Yes. We'll have to do an episode on that at some point. We love you. It's I, we love you. But that was <laughs> ill-advised. No, I think you're totally right about Brittany Murphy. It's one of my favorite performances yeah. of hers. She's, I mean, clueless. Also, I honestly feel like she's genuinely. That's an iconic performance. Iconic performance. But yeah. this is this is something that like pairs well with that because it's very it's. It's in the same neighborhood. Because for me, the, the, the scene that's her reading that stands out in, in uh, Writing Cars with Boys is when she's on the bed and she's like, or she's like, you know, my cousin, you know, was, you know, and then she wanted to, you know. Yeah. So she fell down the stairs and, you know. And like, it's so <laughs> that was, funny. She does such a great job <laughs> of that. So good. So good. That scene that follows it too, where like, with she tries to, Drew trying, like, trying to softly so throw herself down the stairs. So for funny. like that's dark subject matter, but it's like it's really funny. It's it's well the way she like she caught caught herself. Caught herself and then gently rolled oh, down while the parents were watching so TV. Funny. <laughs> so Gen- and that was what that was a scene where I was like, this is a Penny Marshall scene. Yeah, like this yeah. is definitely this is, you know, a little bit of physical comedy, yes. a little bit of yeah. Yeah. That was really good. I, I and I truly one of my favorite parts of this movie is my last thing that I'll say is that um when she has the baby, when she has Jason, and she's she cries, she's like, "It's a boy, god damn it!" or "No," or whatever she said. Like, great, <laughs> great performance. Oh, a little locus of a little little moment. Absolutely, of a nugget of a performance. And the look, and again, Betty Spaghetti's in that scene. Yeah, and the look on Betty Spaghetti's scene the so first time, great. she's like, "I had a girl," and she like pulls the baby away. <laughs> I'm just like thinking, "Oh, did I make a mistake?" I don't know. It's very so good. great. So great. Uh, yeah, riding in cars with boys maybe deserved. Certainly. I loved it. It's an interesting little fraternity of movies that sort of got killed by 9-11, yeah. where it was like this yeah. Drive. and and uh, Glitter. Glitter. <laughs> you know what I mean? And Donnie Darko. Yeah. Donnie Darko, which became Hearts like a Atlantis. cult success, but like, oh, right, Hearts in Atlantis. It's a real, real odd little collection of movies that mm. can sort of point to that. Right, right. But, yeah. All right, so Chris, we're going to do our IMDb game. Why don't you remind the listeners Woo. what we do with the IMDb okay. game? Okay, so the IMDb game, we end all of our episodes with this. We challenge each other to name the top four titles, the known four listed on every uh, famous actor or actress's IMDb page. These are the movies that they say that we know them for, but chances are the (laughs) algorithm is very strange. It's an elusive mistress. Caveats being we mention if there is voiceover work or television work. We try to avoid the Marvel Cinematic Universe and the Harry Potter Mm. franchise because they go to the top, and that's goddamn boring. Mm. All right, so we're doing it our round-robin style when we have three people here. So I am going to... Uh, challenge Bowen. Bowen is going to challenge Chris, and then Chris, you'll challenge me. Okay. Would you like to guess first? Um, or would I, you can, like to... I can guess first, just so I can just bomb and get out. Okay. Yeah. No, I think you're going to be good. Okay, <laughs> so because we were talking about Penny Marshall and the great A League of Their Own, 
I wanted to see if you could guess the four Madonna movies. Oh, okay, okay, okay. That are listed yeah. on IMDb. I um, feel like this is challenging, but not impossible. Okay. Um, a League of Their Own. No. Oh my god, Desperately Seeking Susan? No. What? Okay, wait, so that's two strikes <laughs> oh, off the bat. Oh no! Wait, but no. I'm going to give you years okay, now. Okay, 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 okay. So I'll go in order. 1990. Okay. 1996. Oh, I don't know about this. Uh, 2000 and 2002. Oh this no. This is so hard. But when I'm looking at it oh, and I feel your pain. I'm going to give you one more strike because I forgot. Okay, one of these... I think she's in it as a cameo, but it's mostly she's there for her soundtrack, uh, for oh, having okay. a big song All on right. the soundtrack. Well, okay, well, yeah, that's yeah, the yeah. one from 2002. She is in the movie, and that is bullshit that it is from showing up on. It is. It's, it's for her soundtrack moment. Well, I'll say, okay, so Tomorrow Never Dies, or, or the, the Bond movie. Uh, yeah. Uh, 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 You're on the right track. It's not Tomorrow Never Dies, but Dies in the... Die, die Another Day. Die, die Another, another day. day. Sorry. That's sorry. The yes, one. yes, of course. Yes, it's, yes. The, it's the titular song. Yes. Um, it's uh, the titular song as uh, uh, Beanie Feldstein would say. Yes, yes. Never Beanie. gets old. Um, okay, Die Another Day, Evita. Evita is the 1996. Yes. Um, yep. The 1990s. Okay, this one, Bowen, I will help you out. This is another song that she sang that won the original song. Oh, I should know this and I don't. Famously starring and directed by somebody she famously dated, dated. at the time. Um, Guy Ritchie? No. Oh, Sean no. Penn? No. Nope. In between. This is the 1990. <laughs> Thread that needle. <laughs> I can't. I know. I don't. I don't think I can fill in these gaps. Oh no. Oh, you guys. I'm so bad at this. Written by a famous musical composer. <sighs> oh. Um. Who will probably die? Yeah. The soon. song was written by like the most famous musical. Composer. No. Oh no. <sighs> um. It's based on a comic book, but not a superhero yeah, comic yeah, book. Yeah. 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 Oh no. I. No. I don't think I. I don't think I know. I, nothing's coming. To All right. Me. We'll jump to the other one. Okay. The other one. Okay. Is a romantic comedy starring um, somebody who she's like friends with or like was friends with for a time. Okay, okay. Who they were like, they did, there was one time where they did like a, it wasn't a documentary, but it was like a special for like MTV or VH1 or whatever, Uh uh where they just sort of like palled around and like bounced around New York City for a while. It was the two of them. He was the like gay best friend in another. Big okay. romantic comedy of that sort Rupert of era. Everett? Yes. Okay. Do you remember the movie they did together? No. Okay. One of the. It's the one where like <laughs> she. He's this father's is where the baby. American Pie remake came. They have from? like a baby together. Oh. It's called the next best thing. The next best thing. Okay. All right. I think I might just be a two out of four queen. That's Wait. Totally. What's, and, and what's, what's the other one? The, the the comic book one that I didn't get. Dick Tracy. Dick Tracy. Oh my god! I should have known Dick Tracy. Dick Tracy. I'm so embarrassed. <laughs> I you you should you should revoke something. <laughs> I don't know what. No, no that's, that's very wonderful. Respectable. Joe oh. is a jerk for giving you something that's legitimately very difficult. I should, probably am a jerk. I should have guessed Dick Tracy. Though. I probably I am a jerk. That. Um, anyway, I love Dick Tracy. I have to say, yeah, yeah. I should watch it again. It's been too long. All I right, would've, I could have. I could have sworn that Desperately Seeking Susan would have been one of the. Four. It's super surprising. I, I, it's mostly surprising a that it's the really good. That's wild. She's great. All right, so why don't you give to. To Chris, Chris. Um, yeah, Chris. Okay, I, I, I referenced the, the your your past um, names. I believe I don't believe you guys have done this. Demi Moore. Okay, no, we Demi haven't. Moore. Oh, okay, so because okay. so, I, I, I just it's the Drew connection. That's yeah, yeah, absolutely. I love it. Um, oh, which I, I'm I'm pulling this up. Uh, okay, so Demi Moore. Mm-hmm. 
so it's like there's like a lot of range going on there's here. a lot and like i know the ones that i would remember her from are probably not there like now and then but i'm not gonna guess uh-huh, that uh-huh. um uh, a few good men um it's no. not oh my god this is oh, this okay. oh i'm looking this at is this is an interesting spread of movies this is crazy this is an interesting <laughs> spread of movies this is really interesting um no gi jane yes yeah I might want to get my years and just throw one okay. off. I don't think Charlie's Angels is going to be in there, but Charlie's Angels full throttle. It actually is. Yeah. That's, okay. Yeah. Okay. So Famous for that gun and that fur coat. The fur coat. Fabulous. Um, um, do, you, do you want the years for the other two? No. Not yet, because okay. I got to screw up okay. again. Um, uh, 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 strip tease. Yes. Chris oh. is so secretly great oh. at this <laughs> game. <laughs> he is. Okay. Um, oh, man. Uh, let's see. It's all been like. Try um, uh, ghost, duh, ghost, no, ghost. No, you would think. Ghost. You would think it was ghost. Oh damn! It's all right. So you get a year. History now, right? has forgotten ghost. Yeah, ninety three. Okay, so it's post ghost, mm-hmm. pre striptease. Yep. That predates even like the Scarlet Letter. Yeah. Uh huh. It predates it's... disclosure with Michael Douglas. Yeah. Do you want? Is it in decent proportion? Yes, it is. He's so good at this. That's, so good at this. that's dumb. Oh God, Chris, I'm truly embarrassed. You um, you have gotten to the point where you, you are shouldn't so be. much better than I am at this. All right, <laughs> all right. Give to me, Chris. Let's hear it. Okay, so I mentioned that it took a while for Drew Barrymore to get really any acting honors it took the hbo film gray gardens which she is legitimately great and yes. she won the globe but the person that usurped all of her prizes was her co-star playing her mother darling jessica yes. Lange. okay your imdb game is Jessica. any Lange. television um there is no, no television. television okay tootsie yes yes all right um I mean, Blue Sky? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Blue Sky. Nobody yeah. saw that movie. I know she won the Oscar for it, but man, nobody saw that movie. No Ryan Murphy shit and on no, her known yeah. for it. Yeah, but that's Blue surprising. Sky so is there. funny. Um, I remember when <laughs> when we had Halle Berry, I gave Chris Halle Berry, and you guessed Losing Isaiah as a flyer, and now I can't get it out of my head until I guess it, so I'm just going to guess Losing Isaiah. Losing Isaiah is not Yeah, there. I don't think there. so. Okay. I can. I was going to give oh. you a general hint. Cape Fear? Not Cape Fear. Not Cape Fear, okay. okay. So that's two wrong guesses. We're going to give you the years. It's 1976 and 1982. So these are all, these are oh, all before. Oh, okay. Oh, so 82 was her other Oscar nomination that year. That was for Francis. Yes. Yes. 76. So you've got one more in 76. It's a crazy one. It's one that I didn't know she was in. Is that bad? It's really dumb that this is on yeah. here as if Blue Sky isn't already kind of dumb. Oh, was this, was this the King Oscar Kong board. movie she did? Yeah, it was King Kong. It's King Kong. Wild. Yeah. yeah. Super wild. I had great hints lined up for this for you, too. Famously, Meryl auditioned for that role. Oh. Told she was too ugly. Oh, Stop my God. Yeah, Dino De Laurentiis, the producer on the movie, when Meryl Dino walked into De her Laurentiis. audition, spoke to, like, I think an assistant or something oh, no. in Italian that, like, what is this beast that you brought <gasps> oh. me? Like, something fully awful. And not knowing that she knew Italian, she responded to him in Italian, like, I'm sorry you don't like the way I look. Oh, my God, Meryl. That's fantastic. That's... That goes up there with, like, the Dustin Hoffman story, uh, the Kramer versus Kramer thing. Yes. Um, oh, I thought you were going to say, for some reason, that reminds me of Allison Janney has this story. Oh, what? Where she um, was at this bar, 
and um and and the bartender she and the bartender are in this conversation and the bartender's like it's not the same story it's not it's just weirdly analogous but no like, but now i want to hear the, the bartender's like story. um god like i love i love that show the west wing and like there's something about that house and jenny like she's not good looking but she's like not but you know there's something she's not she's what? so terrible looking but like i like her and then allison is like well, I'm fucking Alice and Janie, and my drinks will be free for the rest of the ah, night. Ah, yeah. And then, and then, and then, oh, and then damn. Yeah. I love and then she it. got free drinks for the rest of the night. Good for her. Yeah. <laughs> Good for her. That's amazing. Bring me the bottle, bitch. Yep. Um, All right. Oh my god, that was so fun. This, this was, game is this game. Yay. Is it's I, I I we started doing it at one point. I just we got an entire bar full of people sort of That's like so trying fun. to guess like IMDb stuff. It was very very fun. So I've been playing it ever since. Wow. I guess they also do it on. There's a podcast that does it that everybody thinks I stole it from. And like no, honestly, good ideas just sometimes happen. In Parallel tables. thought. Parallel thought. Thank yeah. you. It's my defense. <laughs> um, you guys, that is our episode. This was a really great oh, episode, Bo, and so we cannot fun. thank Yay. you enough for being on this. Thank you. For Obviously, that. our listeners, I can't imagine anybody doesn't know how great Las Culturistas is by now, but go listen. One of the great podcasts. If, listeners, you want more This Had Oscar Buzz, you can check out the Tumblr at thishadoscarbuzz.tumblr.com. You should also follow our Twitter account at had underscore Oscar underscore buzz. Bo and Yang, where should our listeners go to see and hear more from you? Where oh, would you like to direct them? Um... On Instagram at Faye Dunaway, um, spelled like exactly like the name. Um, no official, no the whatever. Um, One of these days, she's gonna find you. I, and she's gonna decide that she wants to have a social presence. I'm waiting. She's gonna slap you with a noose. <laughs> I can't wait. I want her to club me with an Oscar. Oh, what a um, story! <laughs> she's gonna slap you with yes, a variety. I'm gonna meet her at the Beverly Hilton, not the Beverly Hilton, the Beverly Hills Hotel, oh. where, where, where the pool shot was oh. was, was taken. I um, love it. Uh, no, I uh, and then on Twitter at Bo and Yang. Um, yeah, I God, I love you too very much. This is very cool. This was oh, super fun. You. Yeah, Chris, what about you? We can't thank you enough for being oh, here. Honestly, um, okay. So uh, I again, I'm Chris File. I am on Twitter at uh, ChrisVFile dot uh, dot com. <laughs> <laughs> that's nice. Um, yes. uh, the Chris V File. That's F E I L. Um, also on Letterbox at Chris V File. Same name. Uh, where we have our ongoing This Had Oscar Buzz list uh, showing all of our titles, IMDb game trivia stats, and direct links to our episodes. You can also find me on thefilmexperience.net writing weekly. Thank you, Chris. I am on Twitter at Joe Reed. Reed is spelled R-E-I-D. I'm also on Letterboxd at, as uh, Joe Reed, spelled the exact same way. We would like to thank Kyle Cummings for his fantastic artwork and Dave Gonzalez and Gavin Mevius for their technical guidance. Please remember to rate and review us on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, or wherever else you get podcasts. Five Star Review in particular really helps us out with iTunes visibility, so don't make us guilt trip you into leaving us a rave review, okay? Just do it for your mother. Ah. That is all for this week. Or just leave a review <laughs> telling us that we're a tramp. You're a, <laughs> you're a, you're a tramp. tramp. We're a tramp. <laughs> My daughter is a tramp. My daughter is a tramp. That is all I'll for this week, but we hope you will be back next week for more buzz. Everyone's a winner, baby. That's no lie. That's no lie. You never play.